This is the Roaring Elephant podcast for the 12th of March 2019, a podcast about Apache Hadoop and the surrounding ecosystem for anybody working with or investigating big data and advanced analytics. My name is John, and here is my trade show expert, Dave. Hi, Dave. Trade show expert. Wow. I'm not quite sure about that, but hey. <laughs> well, you should be. You're here on the the best episode on the internet talking about the Network Summit happening in Barcelona next week, right? Indeed, where we review the sessions that we think we would be most interested in. Yep, just a little bit of preparation, which I can advise anybody who's going to be attending the event to do as well. If you go there first day and then start looking through all the sessions that are available, you're going to get swamped. Now, that being said, agendas are still a little bit in flux. Things can still change. Things can still drop off and be added. So whatever you do now, it is possibly going to be a bit of a waste of time. But apart from that, uh, I think it's a good exercise to just go through what's available now. Yeah, and I mean, there will be, uh, at least I'm certainly assuming that there will be, uh, an app on the uh, the DataWorks Summit app as well. So, Mm, you know, use use this this time to to go through and and think about the sessions that you're most interested in, you know, translate that into starring the sessions uh, so that when it does all go live, you can actually track those sessions. So even if they do shuffle around, you still know exactly sort of which ones you thought you were going to go to mm-hmm. uh, back when you had a chance to review it in the same quiet sort of uh, space in your home or office rather than on the crazed um, sort of show floor when you're running around, you've only got a couple of minutes to get from one session to the next and you don't quite know where it is and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and don't just start the ones you want. You really want to go to. Also, take a second pick there because sometimes room fills, rooms mm-hmm. fill up, or you can't find it, or you're in a different place. And having some fallback is also a good thing. Indeed, another tool that can help you make your choices. Shameless plug here <laughs> is little dashboards <laughs> that I make. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll put some links in the show notes, of course, and I'll probably tweet about it too. But there's a little Power BI dashboard that I've made for the Barcelona Summit. And I've also have one from last year's Berlin Summit. So we'll also be having a little look comparing the two, perhaps. But on that little uh, t- uh, dashboard, you can actually see by which which companies are doing sessions uh, in what category they fall so it also might help you if you say i want to do as much as possible on the cloud big data architecture stuff you can select that category and you have a nice filtering of that list now i did see that on the agenda page of the data summit site itself there's also some filtering available now mm, yeah they've obviously taken a note out of your uh, out of your particular book yeah, well, at least my dashboard is printable. While if you try to print the, the calendar from the web page, it doesn't oh, work. God. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work and, and at all. Don't try. Don't try. <laughs> anyway, so uh, how do I do this? First, do some general remarks, and then go to sessions. Or the yeah, let's let's do some let's do some general observations. As you've uh, you've done the dashboard, so that there's some clear things that sort of stand out from that, aren't there? Um, yeah, well, the first thing that does uh, jump uh, up is that there are apparently less sessions. Uh, last year in Berlin, there were 82. This year, there at the moment, 61. Again, typically in the last couple of weeks, things get added, and we are recording this a little bit in advance. So it's probably going to creep up a little bit, but there will be less sessions. Yeah. Uh, there will have to be more of a uh, business, uh, how do you call that, uh, aspect to it. Because last year, it was like... I don't know, two-thirds technical, one-third business, and now mm-hmm. it's almost 50-50. Yep. There's also, um, there are fewer overall 
I mean, which kind of makes sense with the number of sessions. There are fewer overall um, organizations speaking. Yep. Um, you know, the, last year there were a lot of sort of one and well, a lot of one mm-hmm. um, sort of one session wonders there. Um, and there were sort of IBM with, you know, a handful of sessions, probably eight sessions, um, and everyone else with sort of one or two, and then lots of from Hortonworks. Whereas this time around, um, it's really only, uh, I mean, IBM has only got two, uh, Nielsen has two, and then, ev- you know, the long tail is everybody with one, yeah. and, you know, with, with, with fewer sessions as well. It's sort of kind of an interesting shift. Yeah, maybe also notice the schizophrenia going on here with both having Hortworks and Caldera <laughs> sessions there. Uh, that's basically just people not having updated their session on the agenda yep. list, because obviously yep. all Hortworks are Clauderas now, and all Clauderas are, well, not Hortworks, but it's it's one thing now, so you should see them yep. as one bar. But I'm generating these dashboards automatically now, so I'm not going to do this manually every time. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, it's not uh, don't, don't get confused and look at that and think that that's sort of, uh, legacy cloud era and legacy nope. Hortonworks people because some people actually changed it and yeah. a lot of people didn't yeah <laughs> exactly some people have changed their uh, their listing so some legacy Hortonworkers have updated their profiles to reflect their the new employer but anyway yeah a little bit confusing but overall I think as as Jon uh, pointed out before we started recording roughly the same sort of same sort of percentage of um, sort of organizer presenters yeah. should we say. Yeah, just uh, well, what what is that? Like thirty percentish? Yeah, a little like bit, a little bit more than that. Yeah, but yeah. around there, yeah. But kind of the same as last year, which is which is good, which is understandable. I mean, yeah. all of the stuff is is going coming out from these two companies, so it's logical that most of the speakers will be coming from those uh, origins, I guess. Now, looking at the business increase in business talks compared to the technical talks, is this a sign of uh, maturity of uh, the thing being? almost finished and now ready for business no pun intended it could be um i'm looking at the sort of at the comparisons and although i think i think you're right i think there is part of that i think there is part that the the summit is pivoting ever so slightly away from being a technical conference as it as it has been doing consistently over the years it's yeah. been always you know, even when it was back at uh, hadoop summit it was it was attempting to pivot away from mm-hmm. being a pure tech summit to something that was you know there was useful stuff there for you know higher level architects and business people as well who were looking at you know more things like roi and things like that so i think that is certainly an aspect of it but also the sort of the number of categories have have slimmed down considerably as well so that's that's also had a uh, um, sort of a, an impact and the that you know there is for example no enterprise adoption category uh, um, in this this year for Barcelona which of course was a 100% business track last yep. year so i which which speaks to your comment about the maturity i mean is there really any need to talk about enterprise adoption if every enterprise has adopted it already? I mean, <laughs> we're not quite there with that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and also things like use case uh, discussions, while they may be very technical, they are typically also listed under business. Yep. And that's also something we're moving away from the uh, project uh 
committers who are talking about the next the, the, the latest patch they added to whatever project they're working on that does this very <laughs> yeah. nice thing and very yeah. much more talking about okay we've got these projects we've got these tools these products these services how can we use this stuff and that's yeah. all the yeah. awesome shift from pure technical which interests some people to a more businessy uh, talk about what you actually do with the stuff and yeah. things like lessons learned which we always say we, we find very important uh, yeah Sadly, I should say, because I don't like the two business talks myself, but sadly, those things do come up more in business talks than in pure technical talks, because, yeah, again, what are the lessons learned for committing a patch to GitHub? I don't know. <laughs> Get lots of plus ones. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, I don't think GitHub has plus ones. That's Facebook, man. Come on. Is it Facebook? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, looking at the session, at the tracks uh, that I have, there's a nice view of how the things have changed, I just think. Because as you said, the enterprise adoption dropped away. And where last year, data warehousing was uh, foremost uh, top of the, of the bunch, data warehousing is now on the fourth, uh, fourth uh, line. And the first one is, of course, artificial intelligence. Oh, but why, why, why would that possibly be? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because I'm interested in that. Is, yeah, I have no idea what my force is. <laughs> is it? Is it just? Is the only reason that that's the number one because we didn't have a blockchain category? And if they've been blockchain, that'd be number one. <laughs> I'm using I'm using triggers on Yon now. I'm just waiting for him to explode quietly. Hey, just well, so loudly in the no, corner. man. Blockchain <laughs> is the new oil. Okay. Okay. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I can oh, dish it out too. <laughs> he reflects it back on me. Oh, how he wounds me so. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. It, there's a there's a definite sort of shift in the uh, for the better. I think you know, the the I, I was still quite surprised that so many people were talking data warehousing. And actually, if you, the other really surprising thing is that all of the data warehousing talks from 2018 in Berlin were all technical. Mm. So like they weren't even talking about why. the business benefit. Or oh, go for it. Tell me, enlighten me. Because last year was a year that they put Druid in Hive, where uh, Hive became a data warehouse with all up queuing and stuff. So they put a lot of effort in there. While this year there has been no incre- there are incremental improvements in Hive, of course, and there's a, there's a talk about it as well. But there's no real blockbuster. We're going to a new paradigm because the whole Druid integration, all up cubing and uh, asset compliance stuff in Hive last year, that was pretty big. It was pretty major. Yeah. So yeah, there's true. a lot of effort there. Because again, the fact that a certain track is high scoring in the session list here doesn't mean that's the one uh, subject that's most in use. No, no it's the thing no. that's most in change, most in flux, and yep. probably less in use in pure production environments. Because yep. if we're talking a lot about it and shows like in events like this, it means it's changing a lot. And a lot of people want to talk about the new stuff, which is usually yep. a bit of a blocker to put in production because you have no idea if it's still going to work next week. <laughs> I'm yeah, exaggerating. crossed. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but uh, no, but that's basically why I think last year data warehousing housing was so high and purely technical because there was simply a, a technical change going on, a real, a real shift in what, how much you could do with Hive. And this yeah, year it's yeah. just business as usual. No, I think you're absolutely right, and uh, I knew there was a reason you were on the show. <laughs> well, well perceived, sir. Well perceived. Oh, well. I mean, at least there's one reason to keep me up. It's yeah, than exactly. Yesterday we didn't have any reasons. 
There we go. Now we have one. So, do we want to? Do you want to talk about the keynotes? I don't really have anything um, to say as much. We've got one uh, from. Maybe just look at it. Um, typically, there's the organizer going first, which is uh, Mikolson from Caldera this time talking about hey AI, of course. <laughs> well, no, no, not just AI from the edge to AI, which of yeah, course yes, is the new yes. kind of the new slogan. oil. Oh God! No. Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! I mean that yeah. should be interesting, I guess, to see how they're how the, how the new Caldera is looking at this thing. Should be mm-hmm. uh, useful for people. Uh, I mean, this is pretty much the first public showing of the new ent- entity, I guess. So that's pretty much apart from the sort of the the sort of the blogs and the sort of webinars and stuff. Yeah, and the webinars and stuff came yeah, out just first. after things were sort yeah, of yeah. Um, sold, sort of sorted. But yeah. I mean, it should be all have landed a little bit on their feet. So it's going to be interesting to see what messaging comes from there. Uh, afterwards, more AI from IBM, which is also a good thing. Although last year, IBM was mostly contributing on their governance uh, things, which were mm-hmm. very interesting. So we'll see what they're going to be doing with AI here. And then we have somebody from Commerce Bank about hybrid cloud, which, of course, I like as a central component of digital transformation. Uh, well, God. there you go. Okay, digital transformation is a new oil. <laughs> yeah, I think I think whenever somebody says transformation, uh, I I I really do question whether they that's really what they mean. But anyway, we will see. Yeah, if you think about digital transformation as opposed to analog transformation, means that it has to be on off, right? You were this now, and now you're something else. It's digital. It's not analog. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay, that one reason we had for keeping you on the show, that's it's just gone. <laughs> okay, that took long. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's, let's start talking about the sessions. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about the uh, Monday, Tuesday, because, of course, Monday, Tuesday is trainings and meetups. Uh, have yep. fun on those. We just talk about the days with sessions. And first uh, first block is at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, March the 20th. You want to go first? Sure. Um, my, my choice was inspired by uh, Sesame Street's Count Von Count, and it's counting u- unique users in real time. Here's a challenge for you. Yeah. Um, I this is uh, with Itay Yef, Big Data Tech Lead Nielsen, and Yakar Buskila, Director of Big Data at Nielsen. And Nielsen, the ratings people, um, counting users. Now they they talk a little bit in the the abstract's not very detailed, but I'm just kind of curious as to how much depth this goes in because they basically talk about historically they use Elasticsearch but yeah. encountered major scaling and stability issues, which I know a little something about as uh, Elastic and, and indeed Solo tend to get used in part of the Metron architecture. And I can certainly attest to some issues around scaling and, and stability when you get those sort of um, index layers at very sizable scales, which is why you need to balance them with anyway. They are talking about uh, productionizing a new technology, Druid, with mm-hmm. Theta Sketch to overcome the limitations they were facing. Um, and they're also going to provide my favorite guidelines and best practices yeah, with yeah, regards yeah. to Druid. So I think, you know, the, the thing that this got from, that gets me, and, you know, take, take this any way you like it. Some people, um, it's useful to have a methodology to how to pick things. 
I always look for sessions that are based on real world experience. Mm-hmm. If you're looking, if if you're looking at an abstract and it all sounds very good, but they're not actually talking about what they really mm-hmm. did, then be a little bit wary. It could just be marketing blurb, and you, yeah, yeah. you know, we've all or we've all fallen for it. Exactly, we've all fall, fallen for it. Where you turn up to a session that sounds really good, and it turns out that it's just a sales pitch in disguise, and that's not. That's not a data work summit thing. That's just a no, an event not. thing generally. So this one to me, like they're really using it. They had a real you know business problem with uh, ten billion events a day mm-hmm. um, and how to deal with it and how to presumably dashboard and run analytics on it and all sorts of stuff. So I think this one is my pick as the first session. I think will be pretty interesting. Yeah, it's my second pick because, uh, as you said, real time, real time users. It's Nielsen. It's not their first uh, run at this rodeo. They, they're actually no. moving from an existing situation to a newer situation. They're going to talk about why they did that. The one thing that's puzzling for me is they're calling Druid a new technology, or maybe they're meaning the Druid combination with that data sketch thing is a new technology because Druid has been around for a while. But well, uh, yeah, or new to, new to them, maybe, or new, new to, to them, them. Uh, possibly as well. Yeah, but yeah, that was yeah. a real good one. But I was kind of assuming you're going to go there, so I put that as my second one. <laughs> Um, my first pick was going to be the ING one because a model mm-hmm. factory, how you can have your models uh, uh, managed better, before, uh, let's say, is definitely something that I, I work with a lot in my daily life and an interesting thing. The thing that's holding me back, though, is it's listed as business technical, which is a kind of a, a slave to two masters and uh, good at none, I guess. So I'm kind of scared when it's list, listed at that. And mm-hmm. there's a second one at the same slot, uh, the Hadoop Submarine Project, running deep learning workloads on Yarn, which, um, yes, yeah, from Sunil Govindan, sorry about that, from Hortonworks, uh, Cloudera, sorry. And that definitely also makes my uh, uh, my heart uh, beat a little faster because doing the whole deep learning on Yarn, there's been a lot of talk about it, but I haven't seen it in the wild yet. Mm-hmm. Now, the Submarine Project is new, I hadn't heard about it yet, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested to see what that is all about. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Next up, eleven fifty to twelve thirty p.m. Um, I I'm morbidly curious about Cobrix, <laughs> a COBOL <laughs> data source for Spark. Um, yes. I, I so it's come from come from some of the guys at, at Absa, um, and so that's Ruslan Ishenko. A big data engineer and Felipe Melo, a big data engineer, both at ABSA. Um, they're a huge multinational African bank, and I really, <laughs> I was talking to somebody only last week about the fact that I thought COBOL had finally all sort of died off, and no. and here it is, here it is, it's springing into life right in front of me, and COBOL and Spark, really. <laughs> anyway, I mean, this, as I say, this is the session that I, you know, sometimes you just need to go and see something just to see what it's all about. I think this is one of those things. I I, I don't know that this will be the most useful to me in my career, but I, yeah, I think, I think this, this just, this is something that you need to see for yourself. <laughs> As long as there are mainframes in the world, there'll be COBOL in there. And uh, I mean, I have to admit, when's the last time you saw an abstract that had the words Epsidic in there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
Oh man! Oh god! That's, yeah. uh, I remember my my exams when I first finished uh, school. We had to talk about things like Epsidic and actually wrote the program in COBOL as a my final project as well. Oh god! But yeah. uh, I have it also on my uh, joke list, let's say, because I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and I'm not going to go there because I don't think COBOL is interesting or not interesting, because I think COBOL is still here to stay for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But what I do find uh, happening today is that a lot of people are looking at offloading their data away from the mainframes to a more generic uh, data lake-ish approach, let's say. So that's mm-hmm. a conversation that's going on a lot with a lot of my customers, just to see okay, how we can get that data out of the mainframe into something more usable. They're not going away with the mainframe. The mainframe will keep on doing what it's doing, but they don't want to do all of this analytics on the mainframe because that typically doesn't work that well. It's way too expensive for that. So how to get it out? And it's a lot easier, I think, to just extract the data from the mainframe into a data lake than to have things like Kafka talking to it directly. Now, in this talk, they are talking specifically about Spark SQL API, which makes it a lot narrow, more narrow because SQL uh, communication with mainframe environments that exists already. So just building on top of that, yeah, I can see that happening. But um, I, I personally, this is personal opinion. I have no reason or proof or whatever. But I don't think that this is going to be anything than a transitional thing like until we have something that does offload as it should we have this little thing we can use and then it's go yeah. away again so i'm kind of I, I discounted this one because even though it's cobalt and definitely interesting um i don't see any long le- longevity in it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah and if you're gonna go then you can enrich me with all of your knowledge afterwards so that's good sure sure okay so next slot then oh, i can't uh, do my, my my pick are you just passing me over? no no that's it no that's no you don't get you you get to talk about one slot and you got to talk about your joke slot so that was it anyway go on then <laughs> for me this slot was a very difficult one to choose from because there are a lot of good ones in there because the, the the flink one let's play flink fun with game stream mm-hmm. uh, with a gaming company sounds good i mean it's a, a real world use case it's an interesting one uh, then the second one, better than deep learning gradient boosting machines. Uh, we've talked about this on a previous news episode, I think, where deep yep. learning isn't always the best thing. So I see, told you so, that happens there. Now, been there, done that, so not going to go there either. But the third one on the list there, Audi's Hadoop journey into the hybrid cloud, where they talk about how they put their stuff on AWS. Uh, that's actually one that's uh, hitting close to home for me. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm living on the other side of the fence, of course, in the Azure world, but still seeing how people do stuff in public cloud in general is always interesting to just see different ideas, different ways of thinking. And uh, car manufacturers, they are pretty deep in this stuff. So I do expect this to be kind of interesting. They're also talking about a bit of uh, DevOps stuff. Uh, they have Terraform here, uh, Ampari Blueprints, using used by Terraform probably. But the whole idea of having this uh, cloud platform, they also talk about cloud break a little bit and the pitfalls encountered. And I have got a bit of a feeling what that can be. But just for me as a cloud person, this one is the most interesting of this uh, of this uh, cluster, let's say. So I'm probably going to go for that one. Yeah. And I saw some of the Audi team um, presenting at the last mm-hmm. summit. And uh, yeah, very good. So I, I look forward to uh, hearing about their future developments mm-hmm. or further developments, I should say. And for people that are deep into Hive, the Owen O'Malley talk about uh, ORC column encryption might also be a good one. But uh, personally, I haven't been doing that much Hive lately, so I'm going to skip that one. Indeed. So, as I was saying earlier, next slot, 2 p.m. till 2.40. Um, 
I'm choosing the journey in country of data access governance. Um, and this is a session by uh, Magnus Runsen, uh, data engineer at Tink. And he's talking about um, some of the changes that uh, needed to, needed to uh, put in place at Svenska Spell. Um, and, you know, they were implementing Atlas and Ranger and they sort of wanted to deal with you know, various policies like GDPR and uh, everything else that that comes along with that. And they actually ended up developing a sort of a, a uh, and open sourcing a uh, a tool that helped them um, sort of express their policies and metadata uh, into Ranger and Atlas. And so the tool is called Cobra Policy Tool. It's available on Git. Uh, if you're sort of looking at something that you can tie into your deployment pipelines, um, then maybe that is something that's interesting to you. I think for me, this is kind of interesting because there's the, it does seem like there is something a little bit missing in, in the flow at the moment where yes, Ranger and Atlas have all of the APIs and stuff that you can, you can use, but the, you know, it, it's a little bit more difficult than possibly it needs to be um, if you want to actually get that fully um, fully automated into a deployment pipeline. Um, and it sounds like maybe these guys have written a, a cool little tool that might help with that. So I think that this, that session could be quite interesting. Yeah, for me, the slot was a bit hard to choose because it's a very business-heavy one. There's only two technical mm -hmm. sessions there, so nothing really jumped out at me. I did look at this one as well, the one you talked about, but I, I have a memory that I've actually seen this guy talk about pretty much the same thing one or two years ago. So I'm afraid I'm going to have a lot of uh, repetition there. So if you haven't seen this uh, before, then definitely it's a good session. But since I've, oh, I think I have, have most, most of it in my head... Uh, I kind of didn't check that one. So for me, it's going to be either the IBM session on uh, Kubeflow. Uh, the the Pravega thing doesn't really ring my bell. So um, I don't know, maybe Kubeflow, maybe mm -hmm. governance. Uh, it's one I'm still holding out. I don't, I, I don't know yet. And as as we've said earlier, you know, the agendas tend to shuffle around a bit. So you might end up with something else completely different there mm -hmm. instead. Yeah, so this is one where I'm leaving a bit of uh, free time as well, because I will also be spending some time trying to do some lightning interviews with the people there, so I need some time yep. for that too, so this slot might just be sacrificed for that. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, moving on then. Yeah. Okay, so next slot, 2.50 till 3.30 p.m., losing data in a safe way, advanced <laughs> replication strategies in Apache Hadoop Ozone. Um. I am particularly interested in all things ozone at the moment because this seems to be the direction that a lot of mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the future storage um, is going um, going towards. And one of the issues that uh, enterprises certainly need to understand is what is what is the way that they can ensure the safety of their data, even in the uh, in the sort of uh, case of a failure. And so here we've got uh, Martin Elek, uh, lead software engineer at Hortonworks, slash now Cloudera, presumably, uh, <laughs> talking about um, various different algorithms and advanced technologies 
um, and advanced cluster topologies that are available um, to ensure uh, replication of data correctly so that even if uh, you have some sort of failures going on, your data is not lost. So that's the pick for me. What about you? Yeah, the ozone one is definitely interesting, but uh, this is where for me, I'm looking at what's interesting for me as a person, what I do every day, and ozone is a file system for on-premise deployments, which in the cloud doesn't really have any importance at all. So that for Mm -hmm. me, sadly, kind of dropped the appeal for it. Uh, I was interested in the, also interested in its uh, counterpart, let's say the Kudu as a storage layer to digitize credit processing, which is a uh, use case uh, discussion about using Kudu, which is similar-ish, Ozone being replacement for ACFS, Kudu being a more of a NoSQL kind of storage layer, but kind of the same uh, kind of thing, let's say, in the Hadoop ecosystem. But again, in a uh, cloud environment, not that important. So I kind of, uh, and was going to choose that one anyway, uh, ended up with uh, streamlining data governance with Egeria, the industry's first open metadata standard by mm. John Murdoch of the Linux Foundation and also a friend of the show. Hi, John. Uh, Egeria is pretty new still. It's uh, If people don't know, it's a kind of a split off of the uh, Atlas project where they kind of um, did a, a grouping of responsibilities and put it under two hats and have uh, Atlas and Nigeria uh, coexist side by side to do the whole governance thing. And I must admit that I, I'm not entirely clear on what Nigeria specifically is supposed to do. Of course, we had a lot of information from John on the show already. He's been on here talking about Nigeria specifically. But uh, it's still new, as I said, still develop, developing a lot. So I want to know what's happening here. And the one thing I can say without saying too much is that Egeria is popping up left, right, and center in any kind of uh, data governance lineage uh, conversation these days. So if you're anyway in, in any shape or form attached to the whole data governance story, I think it could do worse than join this little session here. Yeah, definitely agreed. Okay. So I am on to the next session then, which is, we're on to Thursday now. Yep, because the last session of the first day is Birds of a Feather sessions, and yeah, basically just pick whatever poison (laughs) suits you best and attend that one. Exactly. So we've got morning keynotes, and then the first session is 11 a.m. till 11.40, and, uh, you know, you know me, I love a bit of telco and therefore <laughs> how to ingest 16 billion records per day into your Hadoop environment. Uh, Uwe Weber from uh, senior, who's a senior big data engineer from Telefonica, Germany. That's the, uh, that's the choice for me. Uh, for me, I'm going to continue on a little team here and go for Apache Spark 2.4, bridges the gap between big data and deep learning. Again, uh, a way of having deep learning in your Hadoop environment specifically for Spark in this case, so that should be less about the YARN integrations, but more about how to communicate between Spark and the deep learning things. I've played around that a little bit, and having some second opinions or other ways of doing things, uh, I think would be good. So uh, that's going to be me. But uh, to be honest, I had a little note here that any session in this block sounds good, because the Telefonica Mm. one is definitely also a nice one. The data glove boxes from Bloomberg is also a very enticing thing. It's kind of talking about not isolating or or siloing, excuse me, your data, but more of a how can you make sure that if something explodes left, it doesn't affect right. So that's also a a new thing I hadn't really thought Mm. about. That's fun. Uh, the cloud native machine learning immersion trends and road ahead. Yeah, a bit of future looking by Tristan Sejong of Cloudera. Eh, might be good, might be bad. I don't know. 
but also Kubernetes thing. So that was a hard one to choose from, but uh, I'm kind of settling on the Spark one. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so next session, 11.50 a.m. till 12.30 p.m., and uh, no contest really on this session. Um, I had to pick intelligently intelligently collecting data at the edge intro to Apache Minify with Andy LaPresta, um, who's a senior member of technical staff at Hortonworks slash now Cloud Era. Um, Andy is always an entertaining presenter, um, always uh, quite demo heavy in his sessions, um, really brings to brings to life everything he, he talks about. And this session, of course, is talking about uh, Apache Minify, and uh, and how you can use Minify and NiFi together to do that uh, data collection at the edge and streaming it into into core environments or out to cloud or wherever it might be. So, you know, Andy's sessions are always entertaining and always really enlightening. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. If, you, if you're in the IoT sphere, then that's a, a, a real good one to go to, I guess. Same thing for the Apache Spark SQL release. Also, if you're in the SQL variant, that's a good one. But for me, I'm going to go for something that I didn't know even existed. And it's called Federated mm-hmm. Learning by Chris Wallace from Cloudera. And the thing that triggered me here is a bit of, uh, are you really serious? Because the first <laughs> sentence of this uh, so abstract is, Federated Learning makes it possible to build machine learning systems without direct access to training data. That's interesting. <laughs> Right. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's from Cloudera themselves. It's not from a vendor who's trying to sell you something. Of course, Cloudera and Hortonworks also try to sell you stuff, but it's not like a... I think the the risk of this being a sales pitch is not as high. So I'm really interested to see what this... uh, how this approach happens. Is it a technical track? It's a technical. uh, It's a technical business. Okay. So a bit of both. And I can understand Mm. both because the whole reason why you need this is GDPR isolation, privacy, and stuff. Because a lot of times you want to train your model, but you can't use the data because the data contains PI information. So you need to uh, cut the data in half, have a PII locker. It gets it gets, it gets hairy, it gets annoying. So mm-hmm. if they have a way of programmatically, procedurally rolling something out that allows you to actually do your training without having access to training data... I mean, if it ends up being just your synthetic training data, I'll be very disappointed. (laughs) But uh, I I, I want to know more. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Interesting. Next session then, 2 p.m. till 2.40. Yeah, so I picked an early evaluation of running Spark on Kubernetes, which is from... (laughs) Christopher Crosby, um, product manager, data proc, and open data analytics at Google. Um, Google, obviously, initial founders of Kubernetes. And mm-hmm. the obviously, the premise here is, you know, do you even need Hadoop? Can you just do some Kubernetes and some Spark and away you go? Uh, which presumably is what he's going to be talking about. So it does, it does say it, it's an early evaluation of this feature. So... Um, don't necessarily leap to doing this all in production today. Although, if you fancy a uh, bumping a, across a couple of uh, sharp edges and rough corners, then uh, by all means, give it a try. But I think this is—it's kind of interesting, and this is certainly some of the direction that uh, organisations are looking to go. They're looking to just run individual components of you know what 
you and I and maybe others think of as the Hadoop ecosystem outside of that ecosystem. And Kubernetes is a, a clear and obvious platform to consider doing that on. So, yeah, that's my pick. How about you? I got that one on my short list, but I'm decided against it because I'm confused. Because uh, I remember two, three years ago when I was playing around with uh, Mesos clusters, which are also Docker clusters, just like Kubernetes is a Docker cluster. And Spark was one of the default applications you could run on that thing. So I don't understand what the early valuation of Spark on Kubernetes is, because basically if it's a Docker container environment, how hard can it be if Mesos could do it two, three years ago? But hey, maybe I'm missing something, and that's why well, it's on my shortlist. Yeah, I mean, I think the the point here is the fact that the Kubernetes scheduler has been added to Spark. That's that's uh-huh. that's the new thing. Yeah, but then my question is, why would you need a Kubernetes scheduler in Spark? Uh, see, it, it's it's a bit of a confusing thing for me. So maybe but, you should get the session. <laughs> uh, well, that's why it's on the shortlist. But in the same slot, there's the what's new in Apache Hive. Mm-hmm. by Jason Deere uh, from Cloudera X Hortonworks. Uh, sadly, it's not Alan Gates talking about Hive this time, because I li- do like me some Alan Gates, but uh, Apache Hive is still very important, and what's new in Apache Hive? I think if you're going to this uh, to this event, and you're not entirely ridding your life of all things SQL, you kind of have to attend that one. Yep. Fair enough. Moving on. All right. 250. Moving on, moving on. 2.50 till 3.30 p.m. So here I ended up going with um, building data lakes with trusted data in the age of GDPR, community innovations that matter. And this is uh, a session with Shrikanth Venkat, who's a senior director of product management at Hortonworks, and Madhin Niraja, the senior director of engineering at Hortonworks. And for me, uh, this is just a, a continual... Um, a continual refresher, I guess. I mean, I, I always uh, try to attend one of uh, Shrikanth's sessions at, at the data work at any given data work summit, um, and they always sort of they always tend to follow a similar sort of pattern. But of course, each each year the technologies are changing. So this time, it's talking more about Data Steward Studio and its integration with Apache Atlas and Apache Ranger and all the other sort of um, all the other elements. But you know, things like GDPR and data governance are still still very very important to um, organisations that are looking at big data at significant scale with data that actually matters to them. So I think this is the kind of session where it's it's not I'm not necessarily expecting that uh, I would learn anything massively new, but it's always a good refresher and there's always some good elements that get kind of built into these sessions that uh, you know are coming from uh, experiences that they've uh, that they've seen in the field. So that's my pick. How about you? Yeah, I've got this one as my second uh, list for the same reasons you talked about. The reason it's second, not first, is that uh, while sorry, yeah, sorry, while uh, Apache Atlas is mentioned, uh, Ajira isn't mentioned. So um, I do think, as you said, it's more of a looking at what they have seen already and mm-hmm. less of a future-looking thing. And I've had sessions like this before, so I'm yeah. I mean, time is short. There's only that much time, and so many sessions you can see. 
So I will probably be preferring the stream, 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 different streaming methods with Spark and Kafka. Depend, uh, but that kind of depends on how the earlier Nielsen talk went. Because yes. this is also by Nielsen, different person, if I'm not mistaken, but also uh, same company. Oh, no, it's also Itai it Yafe. So it's the same guy. So if the first mm-hmm. uh, Nielsen talk goes well, I'd probably be attending this one. If not, I might go to Shikant. Kind of depends. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so next slot, 4 p.m. until 4.40 p.m. And uh, my pick here was starting with the end in mind, learning from data strategies across companies and verticals. Mm -hmm. So this is a business track session uh, in the artificial intelligence and data science track. It's by Vidya Raman, who's Director of Product Management at Cloudera. Um, I'm sort of... I'm. This one I'm going to because I'm kind of curious as to how this is all going to pan out. I mean, it's the session and the abstract sound interesting, but I'm not quite sure, you know, how much depth you're actually able to go into. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This is it's a kind of topic that I think could be very, very interesting, but I'm just not quite sure how it's going to be handled. So, the I mean, the idea of you know, getting real-world learnings across a whole bunch of different organizations, across multiple different verticals, is very, very, to me at least, is very interesting. I think could be very useful information to have. Um, and there are a few kind of key takeaways hinted at towards the end of the abstract, but... Yeah, I'm I'm this one this is the pick for me, but it's it's one that I'm I'm not quite sure how it's going to pan out. Yeah, the, the business label is always a, a little warning sign for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me, that's just me. Besides I've got two sessions here that are vying for supremacy. That's the hidden life of Spark Jobs. Uh which mm-hmm. sounds very very nice. Lessons learned from running petabyte scale Hadoop clusters and dozens of Spark job optimizations. Ah, that sounds very nice. And the other one is the Druid and Hive together use cases and best practices, pretty much the same reason, real life use cases, best practices. So I'm going to see at that point, second uh, second half of the second day, how if I'm over the uh, overdone with Spark or overdone with Hive, I'll go for one or the other. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So in that case, final slot, final slot, final slot and final session, 4.50 p.m. till 5.30 p.m., uh, there is only one choice really here for me, uh, and that's Yarn Containerized Services fading the lines between on-prem and cloud. I mean, you you just you cannot breathe without hearing people talking about containerization, mm-hmm. um, and it is a you know every single cloud vendor has their containerized um, solution now. It's it's clearly the way that a lot of people are thinking about uh, modern distributed computing, and you know, yarn in containers clearly makes sense if that's uh, if that's something that you're you're going to be the direction that you're going to be going in. So, with that um, session by uh, Billy Rinaldi, principal software engineer at HortonWorks, that's my particular pick. Mm-hmm. How about you? Oh, looked at that one, but I'm not that convinced of uh, containers and hybrid cloud being uh, uh, containers and on-prem versus cloud or the hybridization of the two. If that's really the way to go, because containers, in my opinion, are the easy way out. But let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not start a religious war right at the end of the episode. You know, have the religious war up front. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do wars. But uh, besides, there's Apache Deep Learning to a one. 
uh, by oh, Timothy Span. And uh, Timothy Span, fan of the show. Thanks for all the retweets, Tim. Ah, uh, that one sounds very good. I mean, again, it's in fitting my team of doing deep learning in uh, Hadoop clusters, and this looks like a nice end of uh, event for me. I did have a note for the other one: disaster recovery experiences at the CACIB, hardening Hadoop for critical financial applications. Uh, but I'm afraid that's yep. going to be too financially for me because I, I don't really work in the finance world, so I kind of get I kind of get lost in all the lingo sometimes. So yeah, I and also, but hmm? so I, I think that would be a good session, regardless. To be honest, as mm-hmm. but my my take on that is it if you're looking at sort of the DR and, and hardening and that sort of thing, then it's also going to be the answer is going to be very different if if you're doing things on prem or should be very different if you're doing things mm-hmm. on prem versus if you're doing things in Definitely. cloud. So yeah. So yeah, and with that, that will be the end of another DataWorks Summit. Indeed, indeed. So, as uh, as always, we should be uh, doing a a same day live recording. We're probably mm. not going to do uh, one for each day, but uh, we'll probably do oh, one. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see how how things wind up. But uh, either the, the Wednesday or more likely the Thursday, you'll probably release an episode in in lieu of our normal news episode. Yeah. So that'll be a a review of the the summit as was. So next week, no new show on Tuesday, but keep your eyes peeled for a, a DataWorks Summit. Uh, this is a health and health and safety <laughs> warning. Please do not peel your eyes. Oh, come <laughs> on. That's a good expression. My English isn't that bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, this episode was brought to you by Momo. No. Um, right. Momo? So with that... That's about all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed this serving of bite-sized big data. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, but until then, please go to www.roaringelephant.org where you can find more information, including a feedback form. You can also follow us on Twitter using the at Hadoopcast tag and contact us by email to podcast at roaringelephant.org with any thoughts, comments, criticisms, and other feedback. Until then, my name is Dave. And my name is John. And we look forward to talking to you next week. At the summit. At the summit. At the top of the summit. Aha! See what I did there? (sighs) Cheerio. (laughs) 